And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to Getting Sports with a Drunk. I am not the hostess cupcake, cupcake, uh, 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 hostess cupcake the Riddler. Uh, I am the Red of the Red Baron. Uh, Machine Washable may be joining us a little bit later, but he is. I am the guy that doesn't fuck up the intro. Haha. I am the man of many names. Man or many just names call me again. Kyle. Man of many names again. I can dig it. The Mask Chris Massey is here as well. All right. Hello, Massey and Chris. The the big three from last week has returned. Yeah, look at that. We're kind of like the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. We're not flashy. In more ways than one. But we're solid. <laughs> we'll get the job done for you guys. That's right. And we'll be on like a weird time every night. <laughs> yeah. We usually start at 8.04. Right. Eastern Standard Time. You stick around for like the first eight minutes of the game. And you're like, oh, I forgot <laughs> something else is on. <laughs> but that's us. Um, hello, friends. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Mark Sheen wasn't going to be on, but then we got some breaking news that I think he is joining us a little bit later. So Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. TBD. But, hey, listen. Let's get into it. Uh, starting lineups. Football start hasn't started yet. No TBDs. <laughs> uh but baseball has been here for a while, and there's always TBDs. That's right. What the fuck are they showing me? Uh, starting lineups, uh, gentlemen? OPS. It's fucking whack. Sorry. I'm just, so, I'm just drinking water. Taking it easy tonight. From Two Roads. Mega juicy. Mega juicy. Whoa. Souls, I'm kind of taking the, the same route. Also from Two Roads, I have Unorthodox, a Russian Imperial Stout. There you go. Yeah. Who bought that for you? This is part of the I believe Riddler Correct. It is the Riddler collection, and I think this dates all the way back back to Maple, if I'm not mistaken. That's not gonna be a good beer. Well, it's a stout, so it has aging properties. And I've had this beer. Kendall, before. that was like ten years ago. Well listen, the stouts are in kinda a can. No, it's a bottle. It's a bottle, and it's been uh in many people's basements, including my own, <laughs> more than once. <laughs> It was bottled. I can't on... wait to hear how bad that beer is. I I have high hopes for this. It was bottled on January fourth, twenty seventeen. Pretty you got high, you have high hopes. hopes. Who are you, Brendan Urie? <laughs> and I also have a uh, nip of Jägermeister, which I will be mm. having intermittently. Ooh, I had a nip of Jameson Orange earlier. Oh, look at you, souls! Um, any toast of excellence? Just so mm. many. Well, let's get into it, man. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many that I have none. <laughs> oh, God, and we're the Spurs, me. everyone. <laughs> like I said, we're not flashy. We're not. We're not always prepared. Uh, Kyle, you were something else, my friend. Yeah, do we know? Um, you know, Kendall. I have two. Um, because you know, I, I, I'm a. A scrub, and I have to make note of anything uh, uniform jersey. Uh, the, yeah, we the, know. Yeah, the Reds have unveiled their uh, 
uh, what's the name of that game? The fucking Feel the Dream Feel game. The dream game. I was I was gonna say something stupid. I didn't want to make a mistake, so I I wanted to double check. Um, First of all, who gives a shit about that game? Well, it's a bummer because I like it's not the game anymore. Now it's just like two random teams playing in a field. It's who are bad. Yeah, but the jerseys are kind of cool, dating back to that era. And uh, hey, Luke Voigt is hitting right now. Nice. Uh, my second is I don't know if you guys caught during the Astros or Red Sox series. I'll be right back on, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, God. The mascot, who is now, his name's escaping me, had set up two charts, uh, like pronunciation and, and what... For who? Who's mascot? Uh, the Astros. And so it would be like uh, Park, Park, and then the, the, the Boston transition is, is P-A-K, and... It's That's just, very funny. It's just like just a humorous, like the Bostonian accent. It, it, kind exactly, of it had like a, a bunch of like pictures set up, and like they they went through like a like the, all the normal kind of like they go into the pack. It, exactly that that type of stuff. So it was a, a fun jab that uh they, they kind of got on Boston there. Um, the mascot's name is Orbits. Orbits, okay. Um. We also, I think, need to do a quick sip of silence. Uh, unless we missed it last week. When did Vin Scully pass? Um, I don't think we, we I don't think we did it last week because I, I think we did uh, uh, Bill Russell. I, th- I think it occurred after we were last on, so I think we'll, we'll do one anyway. Yeah, so we'll give him a. Yeah, he passed away on August second, so. Literally the day after. So we'll do a sip of silence for good old Vin in a minute. Um, we don't really do private stock anymore, so I'll give a toast of excellence to the Cardinals sweeping the Yankees in their series this weekend. Hey, there you go. And Mock isn't here, so I can't really rub that in. But well, I was looking in. We'll wait for Kyle to do our, our, uh, our sip, sip of silence. Yeah. Uh, I was looking in the PPRN studio underneath the stairs where we keep – a lot of our stuff. It's a lot of expired beer that's going to be dumped out. But all our bottles of our individual private stocks are still here. Disgusting. And I think I ended up finishing mine many, many months ago. But I think there, there's still like some liquid in people's bottles, which I'm sure is just like the worst swill you could possibly imagine. I think we'll- you can pay me a million dollars to drink that. <laughs> I think we at some point we should bring it back. I think we should. This one, maybe, maybe you do like a Goodbye. make your own, make your own private stock. It's got to be at least three ingredients. Yeah, for it to count. Um, um good. We'll say we'll do, we'll wait for Cabo. We'll do our our, you know, crack them. You know, if you have yep. no masses, just water. But, <laughs> I can't wait to hear how bad that beer is. I want to know your immediate reaction when you drink it. All right. First sip. Not bad. Not bad. I don't believe you. Not not what I expected. Now, I'll preface this by saying I've had this type of beer before. From from Two Roads, I've had Unorthodox. I think most recently, however, I had it at the brewery. Mm. Yeah. And we're talking probably around the same time period that this was bottled. So my <laughs> my memory is a little skewed on, on what it was. 
Yeah, so Kendall, what's a normal person's pro probable reaction to that? Because you're not bad for beer means you'll literally <laughs> drink this water. Well, I mean, it's different. I, I have, like, th there are beers I won't drink, and I'll... I'll... The thing for me is, I, I hate waste. So even if I know. Some, even if something is, like, not good, I'll still just get it over with. It's it's 12 ounces. I, if you can't be able to, like, deal with 12 ounces of alcohol, come on. Well, that is a that is a philosophy that stems from your father, so... Very true. It's 9.2%. Now, I don't know if over time, excuse me, uh, it increases like the bourbon counties do. Paul I guess would... you're going to find out when you try and drive home yeah. later. <laughs> That's why I only brought one. <laughs> Played it smart. And the, the, the nip of Jaeger will be kind of like the, uh, you know, the keep things going through through the show. Yeah, there you go. In fact, I have a little bit now. <laughs> I don't think too wash much. out that bad small taste <laughs> no it's good i i like it. it just it wasn't what i expected and also do people who you know this is a, i'm calling anyone out who doesn't just shoot a, a nip all in one shot like come on give it a rest well but that's my wife she can't do shots <laughs> well listen th there's some shots you know easier than others and jaeger's no, no no like she's just not physically capable of doing shots <laughs> i don't know what it is but she's broken in that way well, I don't know if she's listening in the same room, but we're gonna take her through shot boot camp. You know, a, a rigorous. I'd like to see you try. A rigorous, I, I will sit on the sidelines and watch this. It's a, it's a two week program <laughs> where you, you drink ten out of the fourteen days with two oh with four God. recovery days. There's a graduation ceremony where you have graves. Very funny. But so I, normally I would just drink it in one go, but I'm gonna kind of nurse this, you know, for you know, show show his purpose. Um, so I was going through a lot of stuff at my mom's house, um, and a lot of stuff there from when we moved up here and my dad left for wherever the fuck he was. Um, and I was, he has a lot of just random sports memorabilia, right? Mm -hmm. Like he had a lot of like old valuable baseball cards. Dude didn't collect baseball cards, so I don't know why he had them. How, like, how um, old are we talking? 1960s. Wow. 1970s. Um, and, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know what to do with them. So I gave them to Bruce because almost all of them were Yankees and mm -hmm. he has them on display at his house now. Um, there's a football down there that is signed, and for the life of me, I can't figure out who signed it. <laughs> um, I need to have, like, some expert inspect it, and it's going to be fucking Romeo Cornell or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> probably not even. Uh, and then I was going through another uh, thing, and I found a baseball. And it's a baseball signed by Joe Torrey. Hmm. Like, still in its wrapping and everything, still has its, like, sticker of authenticity and everything like that. Just unassumingly sitting in my mom's basement. I mean, that's a pretty decent find. Yeah. The one that cuts deep, and I'm very happy Kyle's not here to hear this. <laughs> there is, so, on my 13th birthday, the basement of my mom's house flooded. Uh-oh. And we lost a lot of stuff. So, there had been... 
a bunch of pictures from when we lived in Florida. And there was one that I always saw and I knew it was a baseball player. Just I never gave it a second look because I didn't really care about baseball. So I'm sure I wouldn't have recognized the guy. I was digging through her house last year and that picture was still down there. It is ruined because of the water damage. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's started to disintegrate. It was a signed full frame, like I'm talking like bigger than your average poster, signed full frame painting of Ken Griffey Jr. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a, a huge bummer. Yeah. Cause I mean who who knows what the, the value of something like that would be. And it's just it's something something to just take for granted that it's like in, in hindsight, it's like if you'd known it's odd though. It's odd that like, with no ties to the team or player, really. That, yeah, that I mean, that. he he had some such random bullshit. I know for a fact that they won that picture at an auction. I don't remember what that picture or what the auction was for, but I know that they won that at an auction. <laughs> um, but like the most random shit. So we had those baseball cards. He had a signed painting of Ken Griffey Jr. He had a fucking Chris Sims Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. That is so weird. Like, the most random shit <laughs> is what he had. It's so weird. No, wait, that Chris Sims jersey, do you have that now? Is that, I do. Is, I feel like I've seen that jersey. You have. That That has made its way into the fold of your items. Yes, that is at my house currently. Yes, like, none of those like have any ties whatsoever no not at all it's just like generic sports bar memorabilia it really is it's the weirdest but some of it is valuable yeah i bet you i have a signed like from all 11 members of the original harlem globetrotters basketball that's pretty cool i couldn't tell you it was the game ball and i took a picture with them that's somewhere at my mom's house huh yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't tell you anything about like that that type of thing, but I know that that has that is almost like greater than just sports value. Is that that's a a worldwide known, right? Excuse me, um, whatever you want to call that. It's a cultural thing. Yeah, right. I bet you like some of those cards because like during that. Oh, era, I priced some of those cards. Oh, did you? Oh yeah, they are very valuable cards. And I don't, I don't know a thing about that. You know, Paul is, is super into it. He, he gets like the every year the the books that has like the what yeah. are the changing values and stuff. I mean, nowadays with the internet, you can get at the push of a button, you, you can know the yeah. value of something and you know what it is. Blah blah blah. Um, I I have no idea. I couldn't couldn't tell you the the furthest thing. But it's interesting because. Like during that era, like like your dad's age being a kid, that's what everybody did was collect baseball cards. It was just like right. a thing. So I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that he had stuff, but I guess the surprise would be the the value that it turned out to be. It and again, some of the stuff is fucking worthless. Like Chris Sims Tampa Bay jersey. <laughs> Why did they even make those? Listen, they 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 thought things were going to be different. Chris Sims, if you're listening, you fucking suck and I hate you. <laughs> and I hope you are listening. 
Uh, um, but yeah, I. It just makes me so mad some days. Just, I and I stumble upon it randomly. Like my mom's house is a treasure trove of this stuff. So it's my dad's house. I wandered through his house and I was like, "Oh, what's it? Okay, that's worth four hundred dollars." Now, do you have the ability? Like, is it yours to to sell? You like, eh? I'm kind of good on this. It's at my mom's house. He didn't get to say anymore. Oh well, so I guess well, do, do you just have free reign to do whatever you want with it? Yeah, it's all mine. Are you gonna ex- saying, what? Are you gonna exercise that option to sell and see if you can make a little money? Or no, Kendall, I'm not selling you the baseball. No, no, I don't care about. Don't worry about me. I just I meant for for you. If no, you... that that's just cool stuff to have in the basement. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a man cave thing. Uh, I have an autographed Joe Torre baseball that I didn't know I had. Uh, was he a player or a coach? Uh, at the time of the signing, I'm not sure. I think he was probably a coach. Not to say player, no good. <laughs> so my brother called me and he he argued with me about Dominguez, and I think he was talking about somebody different. <laughs> That's pretty funny. He was like, Dominguez is trash. I'm like, he's the only good reliever that we can count on. He was like, I'm like, are you thinking of other people? That is a very uh, your brother thing to have happen. <laughs> Calls you, makes it like, seem like it's really important. It's nonsense. And then it's just well, talking about two different things. He was telling me you did a mock draft and you had the eighth pick. All right. A mock draft for baseball? Football. Wow. You had the eighth pick and you picked Derrick Henry. Now, you guys are mock draft people, aren't you? No. Mm-hmm. So Massey is, and I, I know Mock is for sure. Yeah, I'm not. Kyle, what the fuck are you talking about? You make us do mock drafts every year before the draft. No, I don't. I will. Say, I think we have done some in the past. Are we talking mock drafts for fantasy or in real life? Or like for the NFL? Well, I meant like so. You, you sit down like like this time of year, and you're like you're practicing for your groups. Fantasy. Oh draft. no! Fuck that. That's stupid. Yeah, I, I was like, Massey, what the fuck?" But I, 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 I thought we were talking about like the actual NFL draft. No, no, no. Like, so, but, but I know for sure Mock does this. He's he's been on record. We've talked about it. Like he'll sit down at work or at home, and he'll go on. Because you can go on like CBS, ESPN, and you can just join a random like mock draft to, to practice like scenarios. I pretty much just know who I want going into it. Yeah. And if I, that guy doesn't get to me, then my whole strategy fails. <laughs> like, I have my, like, in the first round, I have my eyes set on, like, three guys. Well, you guys should really go with my way. You just have zero plan, drink too much beer, and then hope you get lucky. And draft two Leo Jones with the first pick. Haven't done that in the past year. Not doing it again. Get hurt? No. Evans is dead. Somebody still told me he tore his hamstring. Mm hmm. Those fuckers. <laughs> Trying to get you off the trail. <laughs> no, Julio's fine. Her, good. Yeah. He's going to be so good with Tom Brady for one year. And then uh, everybody's... You mean for like two weeks? <laughs> no, no, no. He's going to have the avocado juice. He's back to normal. The avocado no, juice. <laughs> I love it already. Kyle, normal for Julio is hurt. Yeah, but he's just going to be less hurt. <laughs> Uh, fantasy owners, keep this in mind <laughs> in your draft. 
I'm not high on him. If he's there in the last round, I'll take a shot on him. Oh, yeah, for sure for the last round. Annabelle Sanchez is back, Kendall. Is he? Hmm. Having a 7.29 year, Nice. The, Fits uh, the bill for the Nationals. <laughs> uh, did you guys see Christian Kirk got hurt? No, I did, did not. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, let's see. Can I get details? The only injury I've seen thus far, like receiver-wise, uh, Tim Patrick. James got hurt. Washington. Yeah, James Washington got hurt too. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Those guys are both done for the year. Washington has out like six weeks. Oh, okay. But Patrick's done for the year, right? Yeah, he tore his ACL. Poor guy. Yeah. He yeah. was so good for four weeks last year. <laughs> that means hey, he was so, fly. am I the only one rooting for the Broncos to fucking fail this year? I can give two shits. Yeah, I don't really, I mean, did you just say that because uh, Russell Wilson? Yes. <laughs> all right, well, now, now that everything that the they did for all the shit that they're talking. Like, did you hear this shit? Like, well, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I think the Chargers are the best team in that division. Yeah, I'm kind of with Kyle. Like, I don't care about what the Broncos do. I don't – but, I mean, I don't have a disdain for Russell Wilson because he didn't have, never played in my division, so I, don't, I really have no say. Browns are going to suck, though. Like, this, this is a, a real tweet that was sent out by who, – who is this person? I want to I I specify who this person is. Uh, James Palmer from the NFL Network. <clears throat> Broncos are going through a mental rep period. Heard this about Wilson. He literally visualizes every aspect like it's an in-game play. Visualizing a pass rusher, moves in the pocket, etc. I was told by a few players, it's like a next-level type of mental rep they've never seen. <laughs> I will admit that. Like, what the fuck? That is pretty, like, farty football talk. I, I, that is annoying. That, that bothers well, I, me. Yeah, I, I can't wish that Troy Palmer had Jesus on his side, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's like Taylor saying that. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Yeah, I kind of hate that also. That's also we'll, uh, we'll go It mad. just made me so fucking mad when I read that. It's like, uh, who the fuck? I hope they bomb. I hope they lose to the Seahawks in week it one. It was just like such unnecessary information, and it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. F- football is really good for stuff like that. Oh, okay, you ever see that interview? Bad. Which one? The Ike Taylor Pat McAfee one. Is that the one where McAfee's describing he had the perfect play? Yeah. And he had audible. So I, I know that, but I don't know. I've never seen the, or heard the full interview. It's so funny. It's such a good thing. So <laughs> essentially, I'll, I'll give the brief rundown, but you should go watch it. Um, Essentially, what happened is they have this 100% play. If they're, like, within 10 yards of the end zone and it's fourth and goal and they're on this hash mark, they have 100% play. Mm-hmm. So, whatever it is, there is going to be, like, a wide-open C-gap on the left-hand side and you just trot in for the touchdown. Troy Polamalu has never lined up <laughs> over the side of that his entire career. They call that play, they get in there, and Troy is just sitting in the seat. <laughs> and Pat just apparently stands there and just fucking stares at him. 
And then they yeah. end up just kicking the field goal instead. Pat just has this energy. <laughs> Pat is so fucking funny. I love him. Dude, you know what's funny? Like the most underrated part of the whole interview was AJ Hawk after. Mm-hmm. So you you tell me that your coaches had that much confidence in you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny. It's definitely worth a watch. It's only Paolo like could have easily got him. By the way, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Even if he wasn't there, if he was on the other side, he probably still would have tackled. Yeah, it's not like he's slow, but he's a kicker. Although he did have one of the best kicking ta- kicker tackles of all time. No, punter, wasn't he? Punter, he's a punter. Yeah, yeah punter. Sorry. Punter, he think... did have one of the best punter tackles of all time. Dude, he's awesome. Pat McAfee's a good a, he was a good athlete. He's a good guy. He's actually yeah, one of the first... you, ever, you ever win the pump pass kick? I don't know. I don't know. I know that Mike Tomlin wanted him to pitch for a hundred times. He was one of the first guys that was the like the puncher who did kickoffs. <laughs> He just had a better leg than old leg Yeah. He does remember, <laughs> excuse me, wrong pipe, when he retired and everybody gave him shit because he was going into like social media and making his own podcast and whatever. And people were like, what the fuck is he doing leaving all this money on the field? Yeah, yeah he's doing pretty good for himself. Yeah. Who's yeah. laughing now? Uh, okay. Let's see. Pat McAfee, uh, FanDuel deal. Uh, four-year, $120 million contract with FanDuel. Yeah, my God. I think he's yeah, doing pretty good. What's a SmackDown deal? Uh, let's see. Pat McAfee, uh, WWE salary. You think if I have Pat McAfee to pay off my student loans, he'll do it? Nope. I don't know. I think you have to give a, a pretty enticing offer. <laughs> I According to FanDuel's reporters, uh... Doesn't say how much. Uh... It's got to be close to a million. Well, it's weird. Oh yeah, I'm sure. He initially signed as to be like on the roster, and then right, kind of it, it transitioned into him being on the announced team. So I don't know what what money is different in that regard, but I mean, he still gets in the ring occasionally. Yeah, I mean, he's already fought in uh, two pay per views, and it's been pretty good. So the guy just the guy just getting flows of money. Oh, yeah. And he's just living his best life while doing it. Yeah, I don't think his wife gives a shit. No, his wife is super cool. Does he do his show every day? Every weekday? Every weekday, except for in the summer, I think. Because, uh, though, I, I, I do, like, I, I never catch it. I never I never think to, like, you know, even, even how they, like, they break it down, like, on YouTube and all that. I, I never think to look. No, no, no. He just streams it straight on YouTube. No, but I mean, like, you know, you can catch, like, Oh, segments. like, in sections? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I was big on his show, then I kind of stopped watching it. Well, it's like anything. You, know, you, like, you can only be a, a slave to so many things on, on TV or podcasts. Like, I'd love to know if anyone's listened to every single one of our episodes. There's no shot. We barely have one listener a week. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Shout out we to that one guy. Two. Poor lady. I used to listen to all the shows because I had to. And then stopped doing that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, um, or TV if you 
go by the TV. You know what I'm saying? Apparently, the Panthers are starting to shop Darnold. And nobody wants him because of that contract. He's going to fucking Cleveland. (laughs) Would be hysterical. Yeah, what a mess that would be. The Browns are already a mess. It's just like Um, a weird change of goods from Cleveland to Carolina. Aaron Rodgers came out today and said he's going to retire at the end of his current contract. Which falls in three to four years. We got time. So where do you... They also made a point to tell us that Rodgers was going to hang out with his family again. (laughs) Well, I don't like that. Um... How 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 much do you think his legacy is affected if he only finishes with the one ring? I don't think it's affected at all. No, I mean I think if he really craps the bed these next three eighty whatever years, I think that might have impact. But I don't think they'd even let it get to that point. Is he even Brett Favre? Like, sure they let him play through some really bad times, but I think the difference was that I think. Brett was less. I feel like Aaron has kind of made a glass in a way. Like if if he gets if he gets hurt, then I think he's out for a while. Brett Favre, I think he would get hurt and he'd be back in at least two games time. Right. Uh, all right. So let me ask you this then: Where do you think he falls currently all time? Like just on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd probably only put him in the top five. Top five. Yeah. You think he's better than Elway, Montana, Young, currently Breeze? I think he's better Manning, than Brady. Brady. I don't Marino. know. I've never seen the other two guys play. I've only seen Rodgers play. That's fair. And then what we've seen from Rodgers is a Hall of Fame MVP quarterback. He hasn't uh, always had the greatest weapons around him. No, he hasn't. But he's also never made it back to the Super Bowl. But it's not all on right. Either. You got that fucking tight end, Richard Rodgers, who dropped the onside kick. You got a lot of fucking ridiculous plays that happened. Yeah. Well, I think it's half and half. I think, Kyle, you're right. There has been some, some bad luck for the Packers. But you think about those guys, and that's always sort of been a criticism on Peyton Manning. It's like when sometimes the, the moments were big, you didn't show up. And uh, I don't know. I, maybe, but it's like. But he does show up because that game where the Cardinals came back, where like they scored a touchdown at the end of the game to go to overtime against the Cardinals. It's not Rodgers' fault that fucking Larry Fitzgerald ripped off a big ass. No, one. I, I totally agree. I think there's been some fluky stuff that has happened, uh, you know, and in, and there's been some fluky stuff on their side too. That was good. Like I mean, the guy had what two hail marys in one season. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like unheard of. That was the fail Mary and against the Lions, right? There was that, and he threw one in the, in the Cardinal game in the playoffs. Yeah, I think. Oh, that too. I forgot about that. That, that put him to overtime, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jacob Junis, he sucks. <laughs> also, that might not be his name. Jeff Janis, you mean? There we go. As soon as you said it, like, wait a Jesus. minute. Jacob Junis. <laughs> He's a pitcher for the Giants. I don't believe that. Yes. He played for the Royals. I also don't believe that. 
I like to think that somewhere, both those Look guys, like, just, like, turn their head. Oh, my God. Someone said my name. <laughs> what was the name? <laughs> Jacob Junis. J-A-K-O-B. Okay. J-U-N-I-S. J-U-N-I-S. Also, we should see if there's a picture of him and Jeff Janis together. Oh, my God. There was a player named Jake Junis. He still plays. He plays for the Giants. I'm not lying to you. <laughs> Kyle, I, I'm sorry. Ninety percent of the time, you are so. I'm. I'm still saying we search Jacob Junis, Jeff Janis, and just throw an airport for good measure. Jeff Janis. Okay. See if there's a picture of them together anywhere that's ever existed. Google says no. Damn. <sighs> Would have been very funny. Maybe one day. Look at fucking. Anvil Sanchez turning back time. Do you want me to at them on Twitter and see if I can get something? <laughs> I don't think they even know hey, each one exists. Hey, you guys should meet up for a photo. <laughs> <laughs> I need it for a bet. That would be really funny that like that pops up like two weeks later. So while we're talking about football, you guys want to talk about some uh, preseason battles that are going on? Yeah. Matthew, what are we talking about? Uh, training camp battles. Yeah, sure. Let's talk. Well, I, we can't really go with the Carolina Panthers one because they just came out and said it's Baker's job to lose. Right. That that came out today. I mean that that whole situation, I think, is nothing like they expected. Mm-hmm. Like I mean. Once they traded for Baker, you kind of knew he was the guy. Well, right, but I think like, hey, we have we had four quarterbacks. All kind of like eligible. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Seattle Seahawks. This is an interesting one. Geno Smith and Drew Locke. So there hasn't been a whole lot of reports that I've seen coming out about who's really winning it. There was um, a report today about um, Drew Locke took the right step. Yeah. You know, it's weird too because. Like, in your head, it's like, oh, well, you know, Drew Locke's going to be the guy. But, you know, at the the same token, Geno has had success in his time playing. It hasn't really materialized to a starting job. But, you know, he's won football games. It's like he's He's played well for Seattle in particular. So, I mean, it it does create an interest. It's not just, oh, you know, here's the car keys, Drew, go nuts. If I were were a betting man, I, I still think... Drew Locke will be the guy come time, but it, it would be interesting. Even, I don't know how much athleticism Gino kind of has left out. He's got to be what, in his 10th year? Would that, would that make sense? Gino? Yeah. Uh, eight, maybe. I'd be curious to know. Gino Smith was drafted in 2013. Okay. So this is his ninth year. Yes. So if he has a little bit of juice left, if they could come up with a, a well, he system, but he hasn't really played all that much. He probably has a bunch of juice left. Oh, well, I just mean like over over time, your your body slows. Like even if you, you yeah. don't get hit a lot. But, but oh, okay, yeah. mess. Real quick, name the four teams he's played for. Geno Smith. Yeah. Are we talking? We're talking West Virginia is one of them. No, 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 no. NFL teams. He played for the Seahawks, the Jets, the Giants, and oh, what's that other team? 
be very surprised if you get this. I can't see him anywhere else but those three. Fun fact, he did play in a game there. Did he? Appeared in five games, actually. Did I get the conference? Uh, AFC. Titans. No. Kendall, do you want to jump in on that? You know, I, I have no idea. Fun fact, gentlemen. He played for the Chargers of Los Angeles. Oh, you know what? I remember that now. Hmm. Now that you really, because I, I don't, and I'm reading it. I remember that. All right. Anyways, continue, Kendall, about your your luck conspiracy. Oh well, no, just that if they could find a way, and maybe that they they use both. You know, they love they love this gadget thing now in the NFL, where you know a guy comes in to do just one thing, and you know maybe Geno Smith could be that. Because I think you know Seattle's got they got nothing to lose. I think they have they have the ability to kind of you know experiment. I hope, I hope they do better than the Broncos this year. Here's the thing, because they just signed DK to this big deal. It's not like they don't have weapons. They have a better tight end than they've ever had. And no Who's their tight end? Oh, no, man, I forgot he went there. So it's like... And then you still got Tyler Lockett. Hmm? Then you still have Tyler Lockett, right? Yep. No, I... I, I... Think you're right, Kyle. It's not like there are, there's a bunch of nobodies on offense there. I think defensively things are a little bit different than we remember, and I just feel like they're the third or fourth best team in that in that division. Jamal Adams. <laughs> yeah, he's whatever. He's a linebacker. He's not a safety. Not even close. He should be a linebacker, not a safety. Guys got, Ike, that. guys got Ike Taylor hands. <laughs> hey, Ike Taylor had some picks. Yeah, he also dropped like 37 of them. <laughs> hey, the pass breakup. <laughs> it counts is towards it something. Pa- is so it a pass one? breakup if the pass is to you? <laughs> <laughs> as far as I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Because he said that in the interview, too. He's like, God gave me the ability to run, not to catch. <laughs> And then we got the Steelers. This is saying Mitch Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett. But I think it's Mitch Trubisky versus Mason Rudolph. You think Pickett starts right away? I don't. I don't think Pickett sees the field at all this year. Mm. I think Mitch Trubisky, I think they ride it out with him. And a lot of people are saying Mason looks very good. And that scares me. I think there's too much, you know, Riding on signing Mitch to to not do anything with him, it just it, it seems like too much of a waste. I, I think you're right. I think Pickett sits, and I I'm hoping it's for the best. You know, I think we've seen well not for nothing, but you didn't sign him for nothing. You signed him in case you didn't get somebody in the draft. Yeah. Right. Of which I I think initially I I didn't want, and we've said it on multiple occasions. I we didn't want. Pittsburgh just to pick a quarterback for the sake of picking a quarterback. But I think at the end of the day, that was their guy they wanted. Mm-hmm. So it worked out. This is going to be the most interesting preseason in our existence as Steeler fans. Mm-hmm. I just, all three quarterbacks have a chance. Yeah. 
I just worry because, and I don't remember. As the time goes on, you, just, you you think about it less and less. Did Rudolph have other good training camps in in preseasons? But it, it just didn't matter because he was never going to really see the field unless. But he was hurt. he was never that bad though. No, I I agree. I don't, excuse me. I think he he was Do serviceable. You know? Well, I think when it came down to like when they I said, thought you were talking about Trubisky for a minute. <laughs> When it came down to a situation where it was like him and, and Duck Rogers, I, I was like, oh, well. Mason Rudolph has a very, very beautiful deep ball. Can't do anything else besides it. His deep ball is very accurate. You know, what they should do is put Mason Rudolph in it only on deep balls <laughs> and let Trubisky play the rest. Oh, it's second and eight. What are they going to do? Oh. <laughs> uh, Mason's on the field, cover three. I also want to bring this up for one second. The Steelers got a steal with Deontay Johnson. It was uh, wrong. I thought that, yeah. I thought that was a very good contract. What was that? The, the numbers on it? It was two years, $36 million. So they're pretty much saying, here, you have two years to fucking prove your worth. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, I'm right. very all right with that deal. Yeah, it's, it's kind of low risk, and it seems they, that... They gave him the money that he wanted. Yeah. Not going to kill him in the cat. And if he turns out to be fantastic, then I'm cool with it. If he sucks, he's only got two more years. Right. So I'm very happy with that deal. Uh, then we have two running back ones, back to back. The Bills with Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and James Cook. I think you could eliminate Zach Moss. Nah, he's going to start this year and get 2,000 yards from scrimmage. <laughs> Think so? Yeah. So two years ago, Moss was kind of the guy. Took a step back this year. Singletary definitely took steps forward. I don't know if they're going to take a page out of like the 49ers book where, hey, we just we, we run the, the hot hand or. Well, I think eventually James Cook gets the job. But I think Devin Singletary wins it out of the can. Because he, like, towards the end of the season, he was looking good. Yeah. Well, I think that there, there's definitely the roles are established. Moss, I think, is a bigger back, and they kind of use him for just, you know, downhill running. Moss, Moss, Moss yeah. fumbles way too much. He does. <clears throat> and I think Singletary is, has the ability to be a, a pass catching running back. And I think it's, you know, in today's he also NFL. fumbles a lot, though. But these guys are both what? In their fourth year? No. No, they're in like their third. Moss came in a year after Singletary. I know that. So I, he's in his second. Second and third. So basically, hopefully, this is the time now that you get rid of those fumbling bugs. Like, if you, if you don't do it by now, then you know there's not really a lot of hope for you. But I think this this is the the corner that you you go around by by this time in your career. If, Maybe you figured it out, and your coaches finally instilled in your head to protect the ball. Maybe the whole Tiki Barber syndrome—that guy fumbled forever until told him how to carry the football. Yes, sir. Fuck Tiki Barber—he was overrated as shit. <laughs> All right, I'm got the Dolphins. They have so many fucking running backs. Yeah, they got Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Miles Gaskin. 
Yeah, they got a shot. Wait, don't they have uh, a med too? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> med. Yeah, they got to shop one of those guys or two of them. Cassid's gonna uh, run the lead for them this year. Who is? Gaskin. Think so? Yep. Gonna be the lead rusher on that team. I think Mostert is gonna win the job out of camp. They get hurt week one after I nope. draft him with like the eighth round pick. <laughs> nope. Here's the thing one of those guys get cut is going right to Pittsburgh. So <laughs> he's right, you know. <laughs> and if not Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. We need a backup running back. Because the one that we just signed is out for the year. Who did you sign? Jeremy McNichols. How did he get hurt? Shoulder. He got off the plane yeah. and fell. <laughs> like, Welcome, I Pittsburgh. Read that. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. You had this job in the fucking bag. Yep. And I haven't heard a thing since. You, like, I don't know why they. I, I get Benny Stones a good special team. Don't He's worry. So goddamn slow. We'll trade you guys. Uh, Daryl Henderson. Okay. Probably for a third round pick. Can we give you a fifth? Mm, probably. We All don't right. get great assets when we trade away our players. I'm definitely in for that. But he's kind of the same fucking running back as Harris. Yeah. Well, we're not going to get into this Cowboys one because James Washington's hurt for a while. This Packers but, one. It was Washington versus Tolbert. For... Who's going to win that third wide receiver job or second? Oh, okay. Uh, I think that their rookie kid is probably going to win it just based on the... The fact James uh, Washington broke his foot. Well, that and the horse on him has been very good coming out of camp. Yeah, that's fine. What's his name? Hold on. Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs? That's Dobes? the Packers. That's the Packers, man. Who did you say? I thought I heard you say Packers. I said Cowboys. Oh. But I was getting to the Packers. Because this, this article has Chris and Watson versus Sammy Watkins versus Alan Lazard versus Randall Cobb versus Amari Rogers versus Romeo Dubs. So I think that that wide receiver room shakes out with... Uh, oh, dear Lord in heaven. Lazard, uh, Watkins, and Dubs. I was going to say Lazard, uh, fucking Cobb, and Dobbs. Well, here's the thing. I think Simon Watkins is going to have a fantastic week one. Oh, yeah, and then he'll disappear for the rest of the 16 weeks. But make sure you have him in the lineup in week one. <laughs> for all your fantasy players out there, week one is where Simon Watkins does his dance. <laughs> I was so excited when we first got him. Who were the Packers playing this week one? Uh, I got it. I got it right here. I'll tell you, what a weird room. Like, Vikings, get them in. Because <laughs> the Vikings secondary is doo-doo. Yeah, so that also goes for your fantasy owners. Don't start Vikings defense week one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a two-fold Don't start the problem. Vikings defense ever. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what, though? There's a few times in my day where I played the Vikings defense, and they've done fantastic things for me. Yeah, they're good for like a 14 point game. Because they'll, they'll, they'll cause some fumbles mm-hmm. and like an occasional touchdown. 
What a fucking shot. Save that for your week seven, whatever that matchup is. Week seven Vikings. <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a terrible. You guys want a fun fact? Yes. Today is my birthday. It's not. Um Fair point. Uh, I am deadly serious about that Daryl Henderson trade, though. I really don't think he's going to be on the team by week seven. <laughs> what? Kendall. What? If, do not play the Vikings defense week seven. Who are they playing? Nobody. Oh. Well, you know what? If you want no points, <laughs> play Vikings defense. You know who's been very good defense to me in the last two years? The Dolphins. Yeah, they weirdly yeah. show up sometimes. Well, it's not that they I mean, they had a defensive head coach. Last year they had a fucking defense that played like the worst 13 teams in a row. <laughs> so I was like just riding that fucking train. <laughs> oh, man. That was funny. Mm-hmm. That's a blow in this game. Don't they always? No, not always. But... Most times? Most times. Okay. Um, Wait, is there any other ones? I'm, Anyone you guys want to talk about? I'm trying to think of uh, interesting, like, like balance. We, we don't really kind of know what's going to shape up. Um, I mean, God, I mean, kind of similarly speaking, what, what do you think the Philadelphia Eagles running back situation is going to be like? Well... It's going to be Miles Sanders till he, like, tweaks his ankle. And they, they love that Gainwell kid. Dude, the head coach is wearing a shirt. He's wearing a Gainwell shirt. I'm like, that's not fucking biased. <laughs> Waltz is there. Jordan Howard on his back there at some point. He that's was... what I want the Steelers to sign. Now, was he just cut outright? Or was his no, contract? Oh, okay. And hey, a... did you guys know that Malcolm Butler went back to the Patriots? Did he? I did not know that. I thought he retired. I did too. Hold on. <laughs> it's a different Malcolm Butler. <laughs> that would just be how it goes. No, he plays for the Patriots. He got retired. Hmm. Gross. Can't wait for him to be great again. Can you imagine? It's like, welcome back, bitch. You learned your lesson? <laughs> Didn't he play well for the Cardinals? Or am I just being an asshole? You're being an asshole. You're not really being an <laughs> asshole, but... <laughs> he was not good for the Cardinals? No. No, he, that's a team he retired with, right? Correct. Okay. Titans he was bad with. Yes. Well, um, well, that's kind of the whole Tennessee Patriots type of thing. You know, you're done play there, go, you know, go play for like Vrabel. And when you're done there, go down to the <laughs> Texans and play for Cornell. Yeah. Got to cover all the former coaches before you end up going back to New England anyway. Well, we're preseason about to start. You guys want to make any bold predictions before the season starts? Uh... Hmm. 
yes, we'll make some bold predictions. I'll have I'll I'll take the cake on the first one. Get okay. making fun of way, out of the way. Lions make the playoffs. Here we go. Detroit Lions make the playoffs. All right. I think mine will be uh, McCole Hardman really steps up and is the clear-cut number one in Kansas City. Uh, all right. I think that Pickens is the best rookie wide receiver this year and has a year similar to That's this. That's my boy, Mass. That is my boy. Okay, apparently that's Kyle's boy. As he comes no, through you're a slider. My boy. Oh, apparently I'm his boy. I like it. That's um, my guy right there, Kendall. <laughs> He's a solid dude. Do you want my, like, spiciest, spiciest, spiciest reaction? Yes. Yeah. Eric Carr wins MVP. Wow. That's not that bad, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. He has every fucking weapon possible. He does, but then he has to beat out people like Brady and Rodgers. He can uh, do it. He can. He absolutely can. I'm a big fan of Derek Carr. I am too. I love the Emo Boy. Did you see the video of uh, like they let Hunter Renfro or they let Hunter Renfro order the Uber and it was too small? So funny. And they're all jammed in so the car. <laughs> his knees are like up to his neck. <laughs> So I know it was right. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. Who was the other fucking guy in that car? Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller. Is that who it was? It might for, for what? Who was in what that was... car? The... Who? Wait, ask that question again. Who was in the car besides Carr, Adams? Oh, Hunter? yeah, it was... Uh, no, it was just the three of them because Hunter Renfro picked the car. Is that, but I was thinking that Derek Carr was stuck in the middle. Adams was to his like right, and there would have been a person on his left. And Renfro was in the front seat. Give me a second. But I, I could just be misremembering it. Still funny, though. And almost funnier if there wasn't another person. I, I don't <laughs> think that there is. Then that was uh... really a small car, then. Well, it's two huge fucking dudes. No, I get it. I mean, listen, they're professional athletes, but at the end of the day, they're, they're skill positions. They're not like that bulky. Let's see. I'm watching the video right now. Uh, oh, all right. It is somebody else. Give me a second. That's just somebody random. Just it's yeah, who's the receiver on the team? Uh, Mac Hollins is who it was. <laughs> you know what's bullshit about that guy? <laughs> What's that? He's not good at all, <laughs> but he'll catch like a like once in a while, like a seventy-five yard touchdown. I mean, yeah, I guess so. He, he was I, I, I don't, I don't even know who he is. He played for the Dolphins for a while. Okay. You know, um, I have a lot of spicy takes, so let me know when you guys are ready. Well, I'm ready. Bro. I got one. But real I got quick, one. you know what would make that video funnier? What? If it was the other Hunter Renfro in the car. Very <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Anyway, continue. I, I think Jalen Waddle is a better receiver than Tyree Kill this year. Whoa. I like it. That still really surprises me. I don't know why. 
Ty- Tyreek Hill or Dolphin? Yeah, I just it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I just thought he had such a good thing going. Why? I Chiefs don't know. didn't want to pay him. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all about money. Yeah. I mean, they are paying a ton of people right now, so. Um, let's see. Spicy, spicy, spicy takes. Um, I think Miami has the best offense this year. Well, like the number one offense. Michael Pittman is a top five receiver. Yes. Subscribe. All right. I got one for you. After also a top five YouTube channel. (laughs) After, uh, today's, um, extension, Tucker has one of his worst kicking years of his career. Ooh, I just hope that's not the same for Boswell. Well, I think unfortunately, like, I don't think there's not a comparison. You know, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Boswell's a better kicker. I don't. I, I like Boswell. I'm very happy we have him. But I think Tucker, Steelers just like the guys that make everything from forty and in, and then I everything think, from fifty and above is a bonus, right? And I think we're still waiting for Tucker's crown to fall. I don't know where the next guy is going to be. Justin Tucker does not sing opera well. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> he does. He sings opera pretty well. Yeah, which is kind of annoying. It's always these fucking people that have multiple talents. And then there's us talking about it. I mean, we have multiple talents, kind of. Yeah, being dickheads. Yeah. All right. Here's a here's a spicy one. Luck comes uh, out of retirement. Who? Luck. Can you imagine? He played for the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very funny. Um, I'm glad Paul's not here for this. I I think the Bears win one game. Wow. I think the Bears are better than that. I think they're better than that. I don't think that they do, though. I do. I I, I think the Bears are a fringe eight-win team. Maybe I'll be presently surprised, but... I mean, you're basically just saying that they're going to be the worst team. Yes. Do they have a pick next year? Uh, I'm not sure. I think so. Because if they don't, that would suck. <laughs> the Texans are not the worst team in their division. Uh, let's see. 2023. They do have a first-round pick. Okay. Texans are, a, Texans are a third-place team. All right. Titans are like, a last-place team. Okay. I think that the Texans win probably six games this year. And I think Davis Mills continues to take steps forward. I don't know why, but I like the kid. I think he's good, too. I hope that this year he kind of has his, quote, breakout. You know what I mean? Even if it's he's just a like... a Stanford the, kid. Let him learn. Yeah, I mean, even if he just goes ahead and throws, like, 18 touchdowns on the year. Here's the thing. Who's going to replace him? Yeah, really. Nobody. All right, here's another one for you two. Najee Harris is going to be the leading rusher this year. 
I hope so. Hope he stays healthy, gets the seven hundred touches he's gonna get. I don't think he gets that many touches. No. They're doing whatever they can to not get him that many touches. But I do think this offensive line's a lot better. Well, yeah. Um Allen Robinson for comeback player of the year. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's just gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that he w- plays in such a system that suits him. The only the only other contender I can think of right now is Daniel Jones. Marcus Mariota, comeback player of the year. Ooh, okay. I take it back. And and, and I'm saying that because I do think Drake London's pretty solid. But that that's why I asked you that question earlier, Mass. About Fair. who's gonna run him back. Yeah. But then you could use Cordell Patterson in many different roles. Yeah. I think Kyle Pitts is unbelievable. I think I think the Falcons are a lot better than people think too. I think Sean Payton doesn't make it a year before he comes out of retirement. Yeah, he's, the Cowboys are fine firing Mike McCarthy <laughs> like midseason. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he makes it through the season without joining another team. I believe it. So much. Didn't talk. he sign an NBC deal or something like that? He did. Next year, Tony Romo becomes a head coach. Oh, really? uh, before we continue, a quick follow-up, Matt, because you kind of know things. Um, the Drew Brees NBC thing was kind of ominous. Was there anything that was ever said about that? Uh, about, like, why he left? No, the, 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 he, it was kind of decided if he was coming back or not. It was kind of like he'll, he'll decide when it's time. So the, I, I just never heard anything else from it. But he, he had yeah, said, you know, He's not done. He was privately let go by ESPN because they, or I'm sorry, NBC because they were not huge fans of Breeze. But it, so is it final? Yeah. Okay. Well, for NBC it is. Gotcha. Okay. Don't worry. Him and Mark Sanchez. Well, you know, it's weird because I, I didn't think he was that bad on TV. I mean, he wasn't. He had some rough around the edges, but you know, his first time on, you know, being as an analyst, I, I want to keep to leave to become like a color commentator. Book of McFarland. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> How dare you sour a keep to leave's name like that? You guys want to jump off the football train for a bit and go to the, uh, the trade deadline stuff? No, I want to stay on the football train. Yeah, let's go to the trade deadline. <laughs> Alright. I have all the trades here, so I'm just going to read them to you and then we'll talk about them. So the Padres acquire outfielder Juan Soto and first base and Josh Bell for the Nationals for Luke Voigt, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel III, James Wood, and Jarlin Susanna. Mention Robert Hassel is the number one prospect in the Padres system. James Wood is number 14. Mackenzie Gore was the top pitching prospect in all of baseball before this year because he's no longer like a prospect. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Too much time. And C.J. Abram was the not number one prospect before this year as well. I, I, I've i told Kendall this. I think this trade comes back to fuck with the Padres. Oh, with the, uh, yeah, with the Padres. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
during our conversation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kendall. James Wood is number three prospect. Charlie and Susanna is number 14. Okay. Uh, I think it, this comes down to uh, a rental situation, which was interesting on the phone when we were talking. The Padres was my initial guess. And when we talked last week, I kind of went back on it, but it, it fell into fruition. So I think even though San Diego is chasing a lot, I mean, they, they won't catch the Dodgers. I think their the whole thing is, hey, we hope we get in a wild card and make some noise. I, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I don't think so either. I think it's it's a little too late. Well, it's not late because they were the second wild card team before this weekend happened. But I think their pitching's vastly overrated. I think Jake Cronenworth is one of the most overrated players in all of baseball. He's batting two thirty. There's no reason why he made the All Star team. We, we we've seen Josh Bell become very hot with the Pirates. And then he fell completely off. Juan Soto's not having his type of year. They just paid Joe Musgrove $100 million. But since that he signed that, he's been terrible. Um, Blake Snell's not what he used to be. Darvish is getting older. Ten wins for Darvish, though. He's like 35. And it's going to take at least a month before Tatis gets back to full strength. Right. Like with his timing and everything. Like, yeah, he might come back next week, but I don't see his timing being there. I think in general, there's more questions than answers for San Diego. Yeah, they made this move that was the most anticipated one of the trade deadline, I guess. But it didn't It didn't solve anything for San Diego. It didn't, this didn't make San Diego a favorite. This, this wasn't like a move that – Oh wow, the Padres are now in the driver's seat. It's that didn't occur at all. They just they got a and, good player for the the last half of the year, and they got embarrassed by the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, was even competitive. Embarrassed. Like none of those games were even close. And the Dodgers, in my opinion, yeah, they have Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, and but like. I think the Dodgers team from last year is better than this year's Dodgers team, even though the record says differently. This is my personal opinion. Uh, Dodgers are sick, like always. Right. I mean, I I can kind of see what you're saying. I I'm of the opinion that it just kind of it's like more of the same. It's like the Astros thing. Like they're just kind of like mm-hmm. perennial good. So it's kind of incidental. Like you can't even think about it year to year. But like, so you're looking at the national side of it, right? They got a fucking steal. They have they got they got a number one prospect outfielder, right? So that's pretty much replacing Monsoto. They got another outfielder that's number three in the system. So there's your staple for the outfield. They got a left-handed starter who dominated before, even though he got he kind of got hurt towards the end. I don't know nothing about Jordan Susanna, so I can't really say anything about him. And C.J. Abrams was a highly touted prospect. He might not be great with the bat, but he can definitely field. National can anything they can get, and Luke Voigt's a good bat. He might—he's not going to stick there long, but well, it worked out for the Nationals because I guess they're going to have new ownership by next year. That's I guess what's why I heard that, and they felt they were in a position that they weren't going to be ready to make Soto's time worth it in the future. I don't know what well, he's only twenty-three. 
but I think what 22, 23. I think what they're thinking is that they could have they have the opportunity to have a whole team kind of come up together rather than mm-hmm. waste three or four of Soto's good years because it, it's like anything you don't you don't know. I think he's he's definitely a guy who's trending forward and will be good for a while. But what if he isn't? What if, what if in mm-hmm. three years' time he just he he falls off and doesn't materialize? The Nationals got a lot more good baggage to to work with. Like we, we've said it a hundred times, though, right? Like you never know a prospects. True. Yeah. Like you never know a prospect. They could all suck, but, but from what we know. But which is nothing. Yeah, right. but. In my opinion, I just think it's an unpopular opinion, and I might get shit for it. I think Juan Soto's overrated just by a little bit. Just by a little bit. I think he's a very, very good player, but I don't think he's, like, the next Trout or whatever. Right. I can I can absolutely see that. You know, let's, I'm just going in order. This is by what the article is showing me. Mm-hmm. Dodgers acquired Joey Gallo from the Yankees for Clayton <laughs> Beater. Just hilarious. It's just like basically falling up. Clayton Peter was the number 15th prospect in the Dodgers organization. Which isn't a bad return for Gallo for like what he was doing in New York. Right. I, I don't really have much to say on it, and but since the trade, the Yankees are 0 5 and the Dodgers are 6 0. <laughs> I think it's just it's coincidence, and it, it could be one of those things where a change of scenery is needed. We, we we always talk about there's certain guys that can't play in New York. Maybe this was just one of those situations. Time will tell. Listen, we, we know that Gallo's never going to hit for average. It's just who he is. What he brings is, is a power bat with a good center field. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that is, what, that's what Yankee fans didn't understand. Right. And don't, and they don't, thought Gallo was going to... Go ahead, Gallo. Right, and, and people at home, don't get it twisted. Like Gallo was a household yeah. name before yeah. this. It, it's not like, you know, oh, this guy was in the Yankees and then all the lights were on him and then he, he couldn't... He he played good ball before. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not far off from, from an all-star year with... It's one year, from an all-star year with 30-plus home runs. You know, Yankee fans thought they were going to get 75 home runs from this guy. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't make that much contact. And he's never made that much contact. He's going to provide you good defense with a left-handed power. That's it. He's better than Aaron Hicks, and I will stay true to that. <laughs> Even though that person was laughing in the background at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Red Sox acquire Eric Hosmer and two prospects for Cash and Padres left fielder. I mean, uh, left handed pitcher Jake Room. So, what happened with this is that Hosmer declined the trade to Washington because he was originally part of that deal. Mm-hmm. So, instead of trading him to Washington, they traded him to Boston. To make a room to play Bell, which I don't, I think that's just a lateral move because Hosmer was having a good, a good year. Now the Hosmer side, I, I don't know really the, the extent of his deal. Did he have a list of teams that he wouldn't 
go to and that's why that happened? Or do you have like a more? I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. But I just know that the Padres wanted to trade him. But like he was like the one carrying that offense for a little bit. So it doesn't make much sense. And you could have DH'd him. Or you could have put Josh Bell in the outfield. Yeah, it was kind of weird how that all played out. And kind of like a, a bounce back, too. And, yeah, like Jay Groom, he he was a top-rated prospect for a while, but I, I, I don't know anything after that. Like, I, that's all I remember from him. I remember when he got drafted, but that was it. I don't know how good he spent. So that, that trade's kind of tough to me. I, I'm not too sure about it. But the Red Sox got a Hopper and two prospects, so I think the Red Sox won that trade. Because they have Hosmer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go to the next one. Phillies acquire right-handed pitcher Noah Syndergaard for Mickey Moniak and Jadel Sanchez. You guys have anything to say about that one before I go in? Well, I mean, well, I, never heard. well I'll say, you know, from the Phillies side, they got exactly what they needed. You know, the biggest, I think, need was – had that number four or five starter, you get that in Syndergaard, you know, and coming from his time in the Mets, you know, pitched very well. I think his time in Los Angeles is kind of oddly spent, not, not a bad time, just, just odd, if that, if that makes any sense. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly kind of, I think, how either side pictured. So I think it's a, a, a big win for Philadelphia getting him, who, who's in the wild card hunt, you know, they're... Mm-hmm. There are, I think, 60 wins at this point. Yep, there's 60 and 48. So here's here's a couple things about this trade, why I didn't mind it. The Phillies came out and said they wanted a guy that could pitch in the postseason. He, he had postseason experience, for one. Syndergaard's velocity is not what it once was, but that's only a year coming off the, the uh, Tommy John. Yeah. Um. But the Phillies didn't acquire him to be a top-of-the-line start. They acquired him to be the four or five. Like, he, he pitched against the Nationals. He gave up 11 hits in five innings. He gave up four runs. I, I'm, comfortable, I'm comfortably saying that he only gave up seven. Seven of those hits were weekly hit. But it was also his first time with JT Romuto. That has a lot to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he didn't know his stuff yet. Right. And they, they gave away Mickey Moniak, who had not once, once proved that he can be a big league center fielder with the Phillies. Well, I think it's it's important to mention, too, and it's not a shot at the Phillies, but the team is not known for, you know, tearing up on the defensive side of the field. No, they're not. But we'll get into that later when we see the other acquisition. Um, then we got... Massey, I don't know if you know who this guy is, or I don't know if Kendall knows who this guy is. Twins acquired starting pitcher Taylor Tyler Maley and a red for three prospects. Couldn't tell you. Kendall, do you know who that is? I've I've seen like the name on a scorecard. I don't really know. I don't know anything about him. He's okay. It's a Twins move. Like didn't like they just they traded. Um, apparently, they traded their t- seventh ranked prospect for him. They're 18th and they're 23rd. He has good stuff, but his numbers never really came out to what they should be. Twins are in second place, right? 
for uh, in first place of, of the central. Mm-hmm, they're in first place. Well, that's so close. They're all like separated by like three games. Yeah, White Sox made a push, and Guardians aren't terrible. It's another one of those trades that's hard for me to like analyze because like I'm not going to sit here and say I know all these minor league players. I don't. I just follow Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. I know Tyler Melee has a four plus ERA, which is a good for a four or five. He's better than a Dylan Bundy or whoever else they have. Like he kind of fits the same build as a Dylan Bundy and Sonny Gray. So it's just like another random, like another twin starter with a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Then the Braves acquire Rossell Iglesias for checker for Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. Um, you guys have anything to say about that one? Um, no, all I'll say is that the the Braves find themselves in a situation right now in second place in the NL East. Um, they had a, a rough series versus the Mets, dropping four to five, but. I, it's a team that I think is not going to go away quietly. So I think their their thinking is just trying to bolster any loose ends. And the Braves is a pain to Kyle and myself. They always seem to be in it, no, no matter what. They always they 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 add the players that, that matter the most. They got themselves a guy that can close for them if needed, but he's also not been dominant this year. You know. I don't know if it's like it's like the angel curse or whatever, <laughs> but he hasn't been himself. And but like the Braves are taking on a decent amount of money because this year he signed a four-year, fifty-eight million-dollar contract. So and they gave up a left-handed starter with a little bit of promise. He's okay. I've seen him once against the Phillies. He got rocked. And then Jesse Chavez, he's forty-five. <laughs> he's been around forever. Yeah, just just important to note his age here. He's not like forty five, but he's old. So like the angels sold low on him. Um, I think in a way too, the angels are kind of clearing house. Yeah, there's no way that. Uh... Oh my lord. Otani is a angel next year. No shot. Did he get traded? I think he's going to be a free agent. Is he? Yeah. Maybe. He might like, just like free it agent there. after next year. No, he, yeah. he's going on right twenty four. Saying, you know, not winning starts to take its toll or whatever. It's crazy because the Angels were, were solid in the beginning of the season. And then they just fell off. Um, and then we have the Blue Jays acquiring Whit Merrifield for Samed Taylor and Max Castillo. The Royals should have traded Whit Merrifield two or three years ago. They could have got a lot more for him. Yeah. I mean, I really can't speak on this too well. To me, this just seems like a, a moving of bodies. Like, hey, we, we, we well, want... 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I didn't really have much more to say than that. I, I don't. I can't really speak on it. Because I'm a big fan of what Mary felt. I, I liked him for a while. Like when, like, like when he was that World Series run for the Royals, he was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. He, he's a guy that hits for average and a guy that can steal bases. Right this year, he started off slow and got traded to a team that he's very well protected. It's funny. It, it seems like a place he would play. Mm-hmm. It's it's just one of he, those. He, the problem was he wasn't vaccinated, but he got vaccinated right away. Massey, I'm interested in your take on this one. Uh, I don't have Cardinals a take, Kyle. Yeah, you do. Cardinals acquire Jordan Montgomery for Harrison and ba- for Harrison Bader. I know Ashley was upset. Were you? Ashley was. She was upset to lose Montgomery. Oh, Ashley was upset? Yeah. As a Cardinal fan, I'd be pretty hyped about this trade. Yeah, I I was pretty happy because I know Montgomery's a really good pitcher. He's 29. And, like, like the Yankees put him out of the bullpen toward the end of his run with that, which are are fucking stupid. But Bader hasn't been great at all. Mm -hmm. He's a good glove, but he can't hit. And you guys have been playing Dylan Carlson out there for a while. I think it's a good trade for both teams. I think you kind of needed a, a center fielder. Cardinal team more pitching. And also said was a player to be named later a cash. Should they specify on that all at all or no? Um, look, at, I don't want to press the full story. No, no, don't worry about. It. I just didn't know if, if anything else had, had come up in that that you heard about. But so, nah. So like, what, what's good about this trade is that like. Yeah, but the Cardinals are missing Jack Flaherty, which I saw an article today, uh, an article today that was pretty interesting about what, how he got hurt again. He said his mechanics were off, and that led to the injury. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're out Stephen Matz, but he sucks anyways. <laughs> Just dropping salt on Stephen Matz's name. He's not good. He's not good. I'm sorry. But I, I think that's a fantastic trade for the Cardinals. I think Harrison Bader is very easily replaced. Replaceable. You guys have like fucking ten more minor leaguers that are supposed to be better than he is. Um, another Phillies acquisition. Phillies acquired David Robertson for Ben Brown. This was my favorite trade out of all of them because a couple years ago, the Phillies signed David Robertson to be their closer, and he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. Then he went on the Team USA run to re- rejuvenate him to his name. Then he signed with the Cubs and the Rays, right? And the Phillies brought him back. They gave up their number 26 prospect. But you never know about prospects, like I said. And I think the Phillies are going to resign him. He's having such a good year. And bullpen help, you know, that's that's important. And I think... Offense was never going to be the problem in Philadelphia coming out of this, you know, offseason. We, we, we knew there would be growing pains, and we knew there was going to be a lot of power, and when power comes home runs. I think the questions were – What's that? I missed it. Uh, I think there were, there were questions pitching-wise, and I think with, you know, this and Syndergaard, it really kind of strengthened their, their needs. I was surprised by it because their, their bullpen was pitching so good 
but like what they did was pretty much replace Familia for Robertson, which is like you know a fucking million and a half upgrade. So I completely love this deal. Like, yeah, I mean, I know it's I know it's biased, but like, if you saw how bad Familia was, oh, listen, I can't tell you how bad Familia was. (laughs) Dude, dude, that guy would get two outs with nobody on, and then fucking the gates would fucking open. Yeah, he had one this really good hit, year. This beer hits you hard. <laughs> Number two for the Mega Juicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twins acquire right-handed pitcher Michael Fulmer for Sawyer Gibson Long. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> uh, Michael Fulmer was once a very was, was the top of the line starter. Not too long ago. Um, this, this says right here, he was a big part of the Jonas Cespedes deal. Many moons ago. But, um, yeah, but like, a couple, not, like, not even four years ago, Michael Homer was considered one of the best starters in baseball. He got, he got, I don't know if he had Tommy John, but I know he got hurt. And, and it brought him to the bullpen. And, and it's worked out for him. So, it's, it's a, it's a good move for the Twins. They got another reliever. Yeah. I couldn't to- tell you who Sawyer Gibson Long is. No. I have no idea. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know. But he's in Detroit now. Yep. Padres acquires second base and third base from Brandon Jury for the Reds. Another one of those moves where, like, Brandon Jury was good in the Reds, but he's been such a journeyman player throughout his whole career. Like, yeah. It's hard for me to buy into it. Because he's never been that great. It seems just incidental personnel moves, you know, which, <coughs> excuse me, I mean, we'll get into in in a minute when we talk about New York. It's one of those moves where, like, it doesn't wow me. Like, yeah, he's good, but it doesn't put the Padres over the top. No, not at all. I mean, at this point, too, it's almost like it's white noise, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not just being like a, like a, like a shit baseball fan. Like, like a lot of people love what the Padres did, but I just personally don't. We're going to be second fiddle to the Dodgers forever. And here's another Phillies move. And I'll, I want to explain it to you, then I want to hear you guys' perspective. The Phillies acquired outfielder Brandon Marsh for Angels for catcher Logan O'Hoppy. Logan O'Hoppy was the Phillies' number three prospect. Okay, so they chose the number three prospect for an outfielder who's had a pretty much down year. But it's always it's only his second year. Another thing to note: he was number uh, he's he's a catcher. So, a lot of people are pissed off in the fact that the Phillies traded him for Brandon Marsh. And the reason why I'm okay with it is because he wasn't going to play catcher for the Phillies. Right. I I don't think it's that bad. I I will say this. Um, Odubel Herrera wasn't working out. You know, time has passed. He's never going to be. I don't. I don't ever see him being up in the major league level really again of anything that matters. Sent him down. You got a, a player with great upside who can play catcher if needed. Probably won't. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's not really any camp that. Well, it's not this. that he won't play catcher. He won't play catcher for the Phillies because they have 
probably the best catcher in baseball. Right. Well, I guess what I mean, it could be like um, uh, like a Brandon Inge type situation, like a guy who can play somewhere wherever you need him. You know what I mean? Is like so, the multi-talented. So Brandon Marsh is tw- only twenty-four, and he's a plus defender. You kind of need that between the two fucking schmucks and left and right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So like, I I love the deal because like for some reason I've always been attached to Brandon Marsh because I don't know if it's because of the long hair or the fact he looks like Jesus or whatever. I've always been attached to that guy. I liked him for a couple, like, since this year, not last year. I found out who he was this year. And, like, I saw the rumors that, he, like, the Phillies were looking at him, and I'm like, that'd be cool. And then they pulled the trigger. You can't be mad with a defensive center fielder who has upside. No. I mean, you could be. You'd be a tool, but you could be. <laughs> Matt seemed drunk. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> But like Logan O'Happy was never gonna play center field. Was never gonna catch for the Phillies. Like JT, JT's there. Raphael Martian's there. Who probably is a better defensive catcher? Garrett Stubbs has been pretty solid. Who was on Trevor Bauer's YouTube channel? <laughs> I, I I like the move. Like his his numbers aren't great this year, but Phillies need him to not. With the Angels, he kind of had to like press a little bit. Because nobody was hitting him. Trout was hurt. And they, they fell off. The Phillies are, are swinging on all cylinders right now. So, I think it's a good move. I do. Syndergaard's probably the worst move out of all three, but I'll take it. And then we have the Mets acquire first baseman outfielder Darren Ruff for J.D. Davis, Thomas Suzaki, Nick Zwak, and Carson Seymour. Half of those weren't real names. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I I don't watch enough Mets games to know how good JD Davis is. So here's the thing. My opinion is this is kind of irrelevant because they were playing similar ball. JD Davis was coming off the bench pretty much primarily. The Mets have a lot of players who don't have home like a lot of guys who could be starting in a lot of other teams but they just they have a surplus of guys who are, are kind of the same so mm-hmm. i think by doing this they they clear up a guy who can now probably be a starter and getting his, his time but it was something that it was it was a move that really is not super impactful in my in my opinion now we'll see how the rest of the season plays out so the, the, in my in my head this is just so Darren Ruff's gonna hit against lefties, and Bogobach's gonna hit against righties. Yeah, I mean, I I could absolutely see that how how it will go. So this is a trade I didn't even know fucking happened. What's that? The Blue Jays acquire Anthony Bass and Zach Pop for Marlon for shortstop Jordan Groshans. Hmm. So the Marlins pretty much said, "Hey, we suck in the bullpen. We're gonna suck more." <laughs> Like, I don't know nothing about Jordan Groshans, and then, but I, I guess it's a good trade for the Blue Jays. They got some good relievers. Marlins are pretty much just saying, hey, we're done for this year. Yeah. Groshans is number 82 prospect in baseball. So this is a bad fucking trade. <laughs> if, if you're a fucking Blue Jay fan, you got two 
pair like two whatever right relievers for number two eighty number eighty second prospect in baseball. I don't know. Marlon's got Miguel Rojas, so whatever. <laughs> I know nothing about this trade. I didn't even know what happened. Yeah, some of these I kind of missed. Uh, twins acquire closer Jorge Lopez from the Orioles for four prospects. Talk about a guy that turned his fucking career around. Because Jorge Lopez was bad. Yeah, I think he had a streak where wasn't it like he was like almost 20, 20 blown saves, something like that. Wasn't that he was a, a starter at first? Yeah, he won 18 saves out of 38 opportunities. Yeah, that's and then, and then he was a starter. And then for some reason, Baltimore was like, hey, we're going to figure shit out. <laughs> they traded him for four prospects. I mean, like, whatever. They're all pitchers, too. It's so strange because there was a period of time where Baltimore was kind of exciting. You know, the, things were kind of going well. They were making some noise. It was sort of irrelevant because of you know the division and, and whatnot. Then it got to a point like, okay, hey, we're just gonna kind of clean house a little bit and play for the future. Baltimore's only two games out of the wild card. That's and good. as of right right now, they're only down by they're up by two against the Blue Jays in the top of the eight. Yeah, but then <laughs> I, so you're still in it mathematically. But all those guys that matter. And so now it's what it's the the Cedric Mullins show. I mean. Uh, Here's the thing. They, they, they traded Mancini so they can bring up this rookie. I forgot whose name was. But he's been producing. But the, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing for Baltimore since he's came up, Adley Rushman, like, that's their guy. Like, he's the, he's the, he was the number one prospect for a reason. And just recently, he started jumping off. I don't know. I think it'd be cool as shit if Baltimore made the wild card game. I I'm rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. I just I I feel like, and I think they thought Jorge Lopez was tradable because they have two guys that have ERAs under one. Yeah, maybe maybe they were trimming the fat. I guess I don't know. I just I feel like when things are kind of going your way, don't don't fix it if it ain't broke. But um, this is a trade that puzzled me a lot. The Braves acquired Jake Odorizzi for. For reliever Will Smith, as a Phillies fan, thank you. Will Smith was terrible. Will was fantastic for the Braves for a few years. Jake Odorizzi has been bad for the Astros, and the Astros have like five better options. <laughs> Odorizzi was once a, like a promising pitcher. Like he was good for the Twins. But to trade them straight up and just to give Houston another left-handed pitcher, all right. Yeah, I'm glad he's out of our fucking division. <laughs> Thank God. I'm pretty drunk right now. <laughs> um, Mariners acquire Kurt Caselli, Matt Boyd. I I didn't know this fucking happened either. For Giants, Michael Stoffiler and catcher Andy Thomas. Caselli's a catcher with defensive upside, and Matthew Boyd's a left-handed who should be out of the bullpen. 
That's all I got for you. Yeah, I mean, some of these trades coming down here are, are like incidental. I mean, there's a reason certain stuff doesn't get the same news coverage as others. All right, Rose acquired Trevor Rosenthal for Giants, Alfred, and Tristan Peters. Rosenthal was just signed because he had uh, injuries the last couple of years. I, mean, I, I guess good for the Brewers because they, just, they got something for him. I mean, it's a gamble. Yeah. Um, Mets acquire the Mariners acquired Jake Lamb from the Dodgers. A lot of a lot of Mariners players got hurt the last couple of weeks, so Jake Lamb, whatever. Yeah, just a roster spot. Orioles acquired off of their Brett Phillip from the Rays for cash. That guy can feel, can't hit for shit. <laughs> Guy can field, but can't hit for shit. Mets acquired Michael Givens for Saul Gonzalez. Givens has struggled with the Mets. Yeah, there has been bullpen, you know, pitchers on the Mets who have not really shown up. It's it's kind of been it's odd. Like there there will be times where. We'll use Givens for an example. Like, he'll pitch multiple days, and they'll be kind of rough, and then he won't pitch for a day or two, come back and be okay. It's just that the consistency hasn't been there. I mean, fortunately, you know, the they've been hitting – and pitchers have kind of gone deep into games, so it hasn't hasn't been a lot of bullpen type games as of late. Well, Trevor McGill is going to the bullpen when he comes back. So, yeah, that was an interesting call. Dude, I just peed. Um, Damn it, Kyle! I don't know anything about this trade, but I'm going to talk about it. Uh, both of these players don't matter. Cardinals acquired catcher Austin Romine. Yep. Do you care about that? Yeah. Yeah, he's still there. Man, a lot of these trades I didn't even hear about. Braves acquired outfielder Robbie Grossman. He sucks. Oh, man. Can I just see oh, what was that? Twins acquire Sandy Leon. Yeah, you were in the same article. I... Yeah, well, I, I jumped on when we started talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, another good acquisition by the Cardinals was uh, Jose Quintana. Who pitching well for the Pirates. They got Quintana and Chris Stratton for... Johan Aviedo and Malcolm Nunez. They both suck. <laughs> but, you know, the Pirates are in a position where they've kind of found themselves in a lot over the past 20-plus years. And the other trades we kind of already talked about. Yeah, I mean... Besides, the, besides Trey Mancini. Yeah, I mean, this kind of caught us up to where we were. This is... Uh... Dude, Trey Mancini, since he put on the Nationals uniform has been insane. 
absolutely insane. Yeah, which is very on brand for the Orioles. But like they, I think they acquired a couple good arms in that deal. Doesn't change the fact that it's on brand for Orioles for your best player to get traded and immediately go out and be an even bigger rock star somewhere else. No, I know. Like the best, like the other best player to trade was Jose Siri, who went to the Rays in that deal. Yeah. But I think the biggest, I think the guy they wanted was Chase McDermott. I don't know. Orioles are gonna be fucking good in a couple of years. Like they're at right right now, but I think they're gonna be like top of the line team in a couple of years. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think you know we mentioned Washington before. I think Baltimore and Washington both find themselves in kind of good hands. There's a lot of good, a lot of good pieces earned for those teams. The number one prospect in baseball now is their shortstop, Gunner something. Like they had the number one prospect in baseball before this, but he's qualified no longer as a prospect now. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 be the first one to say this: Adley Rushman will be an MVP player in a couple of years. Heard it here first, folks. That kid is something special. Like he hadn't like he he's batting two fifty six, but like he comes through in a clutch all the time. And since he's been up, they win. They're winning baseball games. Blue voice an ugly fucking dude. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's been our uh, that's baseball, folks. Our yeah, our trade deadline uh, catch up there for last week. It was exciting. Was it, it, was, dr- it was um with a drunk soul. With a drunk soul. Well, drunk souls made it through. I think. The big, big thing waiting for was the the Juan Soto move, and then not that it wasn't exciting. It, it just it, it's sometimes it's not as glamorous as as you think. You know, if there's really like one one big name, you know, sometimes you get surprised with things. I think the Trey Mancini thing was kind of exciting. Uh, it was kind of off my radar. Um, but you know, it's like anything. Any year, there's just incidental moves. You know, just teams want a certain type of you know players to fill their roster. Like, that's like, what happens. Like, all right, let me read you the lineup right now for the Padres. Okay, before we get into it, Profar, whatever. Juan Soto's good. Manny Machado's very good. Josh Bell, hit or miss. Brandon Jury, whatever. Their shortstop is Hung Won Kim. He can't hit for shit. Cronenworth, I think, is overrated as dog shit. <laughs> Will Myers has not been good in a few years. In Orhe Alfaro, the Phillies traded him for a fucking reason. I don't know. It, it, it could just be me being a fucking a blindness fan, but I think the Padres are overrated. Well, I think, and we said it before. I don't think it's going. It's not going to matter. Let's real quick while while we're just we're talking about it. Let's see the the standings. We'll look at. Come on, load. They have a lot of games against the Dodgers left. Yeah, so I mean, we're talking the 15 and a half games back in the division. The wild card. They find themselves. They're. 
I don't know, th three and a half games back from Atlanta. I mean, it, it's neck and neck. It's just, I don't really see the Braves nor the Phillies kind of letting up on the gas pedal. I personally think the Phillies are getting better. And, and like, it could be completely biased, and I understand. And I would understand if you called me biased. You're biased. But that's your hobby bias. But, like, like, this is the first year in 10 years or 11 years, whatever, that I feel comfortable saying the Phillies have a chance of making the playoffs. Like, they brought these guys in to, to have a winning pedigree. Zach Wheeler has been unbelievable. Aaron Nola has been back to normal. Ranger Suarez is going to throw you strikes. Kyle Gibson is what he is. And you brought in Syndergaard, mm -hmm. right? And if you get Eflin back, that's a bonus. Right? You brought in David Robertson to, to, uh, to play with, to, to pitch with Alvarado, who's been great since he's came back up. Um, Dominguez, Brad Hand. Right? You yeah. got Schwarber, Mars Cassianos, Bohm, who's been batting five, 445 since the month of July. Bryson Stott, now you're starting shortstop. Gene Segura, Reese Hoskins, who's homered in four straight days. And Romuto, ever since the Blue Jays series, is batting 385. So, real quick, the Padres have a fairly light August. They have the Nationals twice, they have the Marlins, um, Royals. Two series versus the Giants and the Guardians. In September, they have the Dodgers three times, Diamondbacks twice, Rockies, Cardinals, and the Mariners. So their their September is much more difficult than their August. Mm-hmm. And we saw what happened with the Dodgers last summer. And the Cardinals have keep proving that they can beat good teams. They do. They'll get to the first round of the playoffs and they'll fucking lose. Because <laughs> they swept the Yankees with pretty much ease. Uh, they had a lot of help from the umpires last night. Like, a lot, a lot of help. Yeah, well... One time I wrote, I wrote for the Yankees. They, uh, they fucked me over. But good on the Reds. Good on the Reds. I feel like Hal's all over the road here. <laughs> well, there we have it. Uh, you guys want to do some uh, some beer reviews and some some wrap up stuff? We we got some time, man. We started a few minutes late. No, Kyle. We started on time for once. I don't think so, but whatever. Well, what else you want to talk about? I don't know. You guys had a draft. No, I mean we. I think we we covered a lot of stuff. I mean, I had other stuff if we had like more and more time. I mean, I don't want to dive into like something that's going to be another forty minutes. Right. Well, we got nothing else to do. We're home. You're the only one that's to drive. Exactly. <laughs> Hit it out of the park there, Souls. You are something else, Souls. <laughs> what? I thought we had a good show tonight. I want to keep did. it going. 
We did. We absolutely did. I want to keep it going. Are you, on, are you on your uh, he's, he's, third mega I'm my third one. I'm my third one. Wow. Uh, yeah, you need to be done. <laughs> no, keep going. No, I don't want. I don't want to be done. Listen, it's why I want to keep this going. It's a four pack. Finish it. Kendall, I don't want to finish it. I'll play <laughs> shit tomorrow. <laughs> well, tell me about tell me about Mega Juicy. It's solid, man. You guys would love it. So com- I'm the only one that's ever had it so far. Comparatively to, um, you know, little and too juicy. What what do you think is your um, biggest difference? So it's definitely definitely more hoppier than the other two. Mm-hmm. I think the taste is better than little juicy, but not better taste than too juicy. Now, is it heavier? I mean, like. It was definitely more alcohol driven, like like it's more alcohol percentage wise, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it get... doesn't taste heavy. That, that's the that's the bad part. Okay, so it may it may have like a little bit more like of a, a, a boozy type taste, but it's not like it, it doesn't taste strong. If that uh, makes sense. Yeah, I, I got you on the on the can. What what's the percentage say? It should probably be on the right hand side of the the circle of the label. If it's there. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. If not, I can look it up real quick. Just keep talking. I'll find it. Tell me about your beer. Well, Sticking with the Two Roads theme, um, also cut real quick. Mega Juicy is ten point two percent. Oh boy! So yeah, that's that's a heavy hitter, and you're on two and a half. <laughs> but it definitely would do the job, and it, that's probably depending on where you get it from is probably like a what fourteen dollar beer. Uh, it it was about that, yeah. Yeah, uh, from. Two Roads Brewing, uh, not yet our friends. I'd love to do a show there. Um, you know, it's it's definitely nowadays more commercial uh, than a lot of Connecticut breweries. They've they've done a lot of work. I mean, they have they have two locations now, uh, both in Stratford. But they they always put a lot of good beers. Uh, the Unorthodox is what I had from the Riddler Collection. It's a Russian Imperial Stout at nine point two percent. It's not super boozy. I don't know if this particular stout ages with time. This was bottled in 2017. I have to imagine to some degree it may have, but maybe not the way that bourbon counties do. Uh, I found this to be good. I haven't had this in a really long time. I was talking with Mass before the show. I think last time I had this was actually at the brewery years and years ago, probably around 2017. It's good. Uh, a lot of these stouts are served uh room temperature now these were in my basement so they kind of got a little bit of chill and sort of warmed up just being down here in in pprn very good uh i enjoy stouts i don't have the the knowledge that that riddler does uh i'll give you a quick rundown uh the the most unorthodox imperial stout is brewed with malted rye and aggressively hopped with four different u.s varieties to create a depth of character that is unmistakable notes of rye uh Treacle, treacle, uh, chocolate, and espresso all come together to create a crescendo of flavor, unbelievably full-bodied, 
and a taste you'll never want to dance, an unabashed Kalinka. Uh, I got kind of notes of the, the chocolate and espresso. I didn't really get any of the, the rye notes that didn't really come through for me. Uh, but true to stout character, um, it was a, a slightly heavier. Um, kind of burns out the palate a little bit. I find myself very thirsty. This is not like a, a pounding beer. But uh, for stout lovers alike, I think it's worth the buy. This comes out once a year, I believe. I don't know if they change it to their full-time rotation. Uh, but I've, I'll give it four out of five flat. Okay. And it's pretty cool on the label, too. It's in the corner. It says, from Stratford with Love. Kind of a play on the uh, James Bond thing. The title, you mean? Correct, yeah. Massey, how's that water? Uh, pretty crisp refreshing, actually. Really enjoyed it. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Was it a bottle, or was it from uh It was from a Brita filter. Ah. Now, do you have the Brita filter that is uh, just like the boxes in the fridge, or do you have uh, like a pitcher? I'm going to boxes in the fridge because I do water a lot. I want to get one of those. It seems like the way to go. I'm filling up the so, I fill up the stupid pitcher like three times a day. So annoying. Although for how much I drink, I I probably fill that up once to twice a day. You should just bring like the garden hose into the house. That's what I said. Just have it constantly running. Trying to ask for it for my birthday is one of those like water jug dis- water dispensers and put it upstairs in the Listen, I, I I could hook you up. Listen, do you know how much one of those bottles of water costs? Yes, I I work in the industry that delivers those. You're <laughs> gonna um, be getting me those at employee discount. I can get you a bunch of empty ones. You could refill them up on your own. Sure, why not? <laughs> Fill them up in the bathtub. Oh, <laughs> souls! You want to? You, uh, you want to tell us where uh, where they can find us? There's no yeah, really. <laughs> find us on Facebook at Getting Scores of Drunk, Twitter and Instagram at GSWD underscore underscore four. four. <laughs> yes, use the hashtag GSWD anywhere, whether it's drinking three ten point two percent beers or discussing all of the uh, deals that happened before the MLB trade deadline. Like, comment, and subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Yes, we are there. However you listen to podcasts, radio shows, we cover all the bases. Ha ha, sports. Um, yeah, just, we appreciate anywhere Take you listen. on <laughs> me. Souls is at another level. Um, <laughs> uh, other things on PPRN, uh, Peter Pino Show, uh, Wednesdays at 7.30, uh, off last week, but coming back this week. Uh, every other Saturday is Mixtape Saturday, so stay tuned for the lineup. They do a great job, all the DJs on there. Dan Reeves will be there this week. Unfortunately, Dan Reeves probably won't be, but we'll be waiting patiently. And um, whenever there's not uh, great shows on, uh, be sure to listen to PPRN uh, 24-hour music all the time. So there's always content. Never, never a lull in the action. There's, There's some what? content. What's that? You're a good guy, Ken. Hey, you're you're an even better guy. But uh, I guess uh, until next time, uh, Mockton Show. I'm your host, Cupcake. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, you are drunk. Take souls. <laughs> I'm Moxie and Washington.
He is I'm the best Chris Cassidy. <laughs> and I am the Red of a Red Baron. Now, couldn't fight, couldn't fight, couldn't fight. Yeah.